I found as, as an entrepreneur, it was very important for me to be undeniably good at my job. So that way, when I walked up to somebody and I said, I wanted to raise, it was not a question. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is building great sales teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. I've got an amazing one for you guys today. It's going to be entertaining to say the least. I've got my man, David Taggart, on the podcast today. He's the CEO at A5 Roofing. He's the host of Roofing Underground Podcast. And as you guys can see, he's a freaking ball of fun. I love following him on social media because he posts stuff like this. He's the host of uh, the Roofing Underground Podcast sales and development coach. He's an expert in door-to-door -door and processes. He did 1 million in his first year of door-to-door -door with zero experience, grew it to 2 million, and he's on track to hit 5.5 million by the end of the year. David Taggart, AKA the Roof Poppy. Welcome to the show, brother. What's up, guy? What's going on, man? Doug, I am uh, honored to be here. I've had about five conversations about you in the last week no lie so i'm i'm like i'm genuinely thrilled that i have the opportunity to sit here and, and jam out with you today man i love it i appreciate it yeah i saw uh tom bigley was just on your podcast yeah uh, tom and i had a, a a very very awesome conversation um it was so one of the first things i did when i got into apex side note um, I got an accountability partner. I asked for an accountability partner to help me through BYM. And this guy named Matt commented on the post and he was like, bro, I got you. And me and Matt became very good friends um, since then. And Matt has been really trying to get me to connect with Tom for probably about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Tom, let's just, you know, film up. I didn't even know he had scheduled for a podcast. And much less, I didn't know that he wanted to do the live one. I was like, well, fuck it. We'll get to know each other right here, you know? And, um, and it was a great connection, dude. So Tom, yeah, had Tom on the show. Tom told me a lot about the stuff that y'all have working together. I was very, very, very impressed. And, um, and I think some, some, maybe some cool stuff will come from it. We don't know. Yeah. Tom and, uh, Matt are putting together something special and, uh, I'm honored that they're involving me in it as well as like an, the sales arm of the whole thing. So I'm excited for that. All right, brother. So my first impression of you is I was like, man, this dude talks a lot of shit, <laughs> but there's something raw and real about the guy. You don't want to change the channel. You know what I'm saying? And I've, I've said this from the, the, the first time that we had an exchange, I was like, dude, this, this guy belongs on a stage and he doesn't even know it yet. Where did that rawness come from? <clears throat> so I guess I take it from a lot of my influence, right? Um, the people that, that I feel like have helped um, give me my, my voice, uh, the people that have helped me find the shit that's, that I have that's relevant, that's, that I'm qualified to talk about, I think is number one is the most important thing is um, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up people's ass about things that I haven't accomplished or companies I haven't built or, or accolades that I haven't achieved. Um, because that's, then it's, I'm just wasting my fucking time and I'm wasting everybody else's time. And I, and I have a, a really strong belief that 
there's so much in in today's age right with social media and how everybody see you see the highlight reel right is what you see on social media that's what your experience with other members in society is is the shit that they choose to intentionally show you and i think that also that makes it very valuable when you have an experience or you have an opportunity to connect with somebody that's not going to sugarcoat it, that is going to tell you, hey, me and my wife just got in a fucking argument last night about some shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the, those kinds of exchanges, when, when you can exchange intimacy or vulnerability with each other, that's how you develop rapport. That's building fucking relationships. And it's not always pretty. You know, the conversation sometimes isn't always nice. Um, but there's there's some things that need to be had. And I think that I've I found my ability to um, to share my perspective and to share my thoughts. I think a lot of it does come from the people that have influenced me, like um, Andy Frazella, Andy Elliott, uh, Ed Milet. Um, I, you know, I, I started getting into podcasts and speakers um, when I joined the Arte Accelerator many years ago. And that was like my 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 glimpse into people that were really doing shit with their lives they all they all spoke and felt and were passionate about things and a lot of them was their belief system um and so mm -hmm. that's really i think really the the only thing that separates me from a lot of other people man is i'm just vocal about my beliefs you know like that's that's pretty much it a lot of people i think are just kind of afraid to have that conversation yeah there is there is a, a no filter to it <laughs> pretty much you know what i'm saying and and i do i love it because, you know, we all like to say we have no filter and that we're raw, we keep it real and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, even even me, like I, I do put a lot of the losses on social media, right? But I, I like to write, you know what I'm saying? So I'll put mm -hmm. it together in what I feel like is the most eloquent way I can with with bad spelling and bad grammar. But at the end of the day, I feel like the message gets across. But still, I put thought into it and I'm like taking my time with it and everything. And and I think you mm -hmm. lose some of the the rawness from that, you know what I'm saying? And so when you talk about your influences, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because those guys are just in your face. They're out there and they're real with it. And they and you feel like they're not putting a filter. They're not putting stuff through a filter. You know what I'm saying? And so I think I agree with you. 100%. I think I think when you put things through a filter too much, it loses the it loses number one the connectivity, right? The the ability mm -hmm. for your content to resound with other people, which is why I feel like the live podcast episodes, like like this right now, I mm -hmm. I feel like this conversation is so much more powerful to so many more people because they know this is not scripted. This wasn't something that we, you know, I don't have no idea what we're going to fucking talk about, but you're yeah. just going to get the same type of Dave, no matter what, you know what I mean? Hell yeah. I love it, brother. All right. So let's, let's go back a little bit. I feel like you've had a whole life before this life. You know what I'm saying? Because you're saying you've only been in roofing for like three years. You've got a lot more life experience than that just from having conversations with you. So take us back to, yeah. you know, maybe coming right out of high school. What did life look like for you? Oh, let's see. Right out of high school. Um, I really, I really had nothing going on, man. For real. I was, um, you know, kind of on my own at an early age. I had, you know, no idea what the fuck I was doing. I was living in Plano. Um, I ended up, you know, being just a fucking normal 18 year old, right. And having problems at home and had a, I had a part-time job at the mall. Like this is what I did. You know, I sold shoes 
And, um, and then I had, you know, I got kicked out, right. Uh, like a week after my 18th birthday, cause I'm grown now and I can, you know, behave how I want. So, uh, I ended up getting kicked out after my 18th birthday and I had to get a job and in a place to live. Right. And because the mall wasn't going to cut it anymore. Um, and so I, I went from couch to couch. This is, you know, kind of wrap up my 18 years. I went from couch to couch for about two nights until I found an apartment that would lease me a, a one bedroom apartment for $49 deposit. And uh, the next day I borrowed a, a 10 speed mountain bike from my then girlfriend's neighbor's parents, right? Uh, borrowed a mountain <laughs> bike and got a job at a Honda dealership selling cars. And it was like, that was, that was for me where I, I walked into sales for the first time and I was like, this isn't bad. You know, this yeah. isn't bad. Um, but it's, I've always been in construction. Um, as much mm -hmm. as I like sales and as much as I've, I've been involved in, um, selling myself, like even as an electrician, I had to do a lot of sales. Every time you go to try to get a better job, you have to interview, which means you have to have more skills, more experience. You have to be able to speak to the interviewer and build mm -hmm. value and sell yourself at the interview. Um, and so being in construction, you were always looking for the higher paying something. I mean, that's just kind of the way that blue collar labor works. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I ended up, you know, becoming a, an electrician after a long time, uh, did that, that, that job took me up to the, uh, up to Alaska and, uh, in the, see in the damn winter time, I would work as an electrician in the summertime. I would work as a wildland firefighter on a, on a type two IA crew up there um flying around in helicopters carrying chainsaws and stuff that was that was pretty oh, awesome Badass. And, uh, yeah man <laughs> yeah dude, know that. Was, that was that was like <laughs> in my early 20s man um i just got done 20s, reading we uh i just got done reading never finished and so you never finished. You know that's a lot of what uh david goggins did was uh he was a, a yeah. smoke jumper yeah, yeah, he was a smoke jumper. So those, those, those guys are like two levels, two levels up above where I was, you know, those are, those are pretty much the, yeah. most of those guys are like, they come from prior service military, or they're like airborne certified or qualified or whatever. Um, and, and, mm -hmm. and a lot of those dudes, my experience with smoke jumpers were, we were the silent professionals in the woods with chainsaws and yellow Nomex jackets on and, you know, hard hats and all the protective equipment. And we were busting our asses and running around with chainsaws and beards and, and you know, mouths full of dip. And we were just being yeah. bad motherfuckers. Right. And on the other side of the fire, through the trees, running through the forest in camo cargo pants with no shirt on, slinging drip torch fuel up into the trees, catching the trees on fire, is the fucking smoke jumper trying to burn that section of forest, right? Wearing ACDC in his earbuds and a mouthful of, of big league chew, no shirt on, running through the woods, throwing fuel and burning fire everywhere. Those are smoke jumpers. The Rambo right? of firefighters. They are, dude. They don't give a fuck about personal safety. All they care about is fighting some <laughs> fire, man. Those guys are nuts. That's awesome. I love it. So, you get done. You get done firefighting. At, at what point do you come back home and 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 start back in the trades? Oh, dude. Um, went back into the trades probably in about 2014. Um, 2013, 2014, 
at about 2017, I realized that I wanted to kind of be in business for myself, right? Um, I wasn't getting anywhere fast climbing this damn ladder for the last 10 years, being a, being a, you know, card carrying electrician. Mm-hmm. Um, the really, the money that I wanted to make wasn't there unless you were gone for 30 days on an oil rig somewhere as an electrical tech, right? So, uh, getting into something that I've always, you know, loved, which was at that time remodeling houses. Um, I had done, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much everything under the sun in construction. I started a business and I ran it from robbing Peter to pay Paul, not my customers, but literally I would, you know, get my water credit shut card. off one week and next week they would <laughs> shut off my damn, you know, my credit card, right? Like that kind of shit. Um, and, and I did that for about two years and I ran this business into absolute nothing. And I realized that I didn't know what I was doing. And, um, I was, I was probably better at working for somebody than working for myself doing this, you know, remodeling and construction. So mm-hmm. I got a job working for a commercial general contractor and he's the guy that introduced me to personal development, which personal development got me into roofing sales and roofing sales has gotten me fucking here. So it has been, um, it has been a long 20, oh, I'm 37 right now. So 14, 20, yeah. like 28 year love affair with fucking construction, man. <laughs> That's crazy. We're, uh, we're the exact same age. I just turned uh, 37 yeah. a couple weeks ago. Nice, man. Happy birthday. Me too. I turned 37 in February, so it was like eight weeks ago, but you know, maybe 12 or 20. I don't fucking something like that. Yeah. And we're both in San Antonio. We got to meet up soon, man. We got to get lunch or something. But anyways, back to your story. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I always ask my guests, because there is always this pivot point at which they go from being a entrepreneur or a high level producer for another business owner to starting their own business. You know what I'm saying? And I always want to find out like, okay, where did that maybe previous business owner go wrong? Or was that just inevitable? Like, how did they lose you essentially? You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, and Ed Milet talked about this a lot. You've got to be able to fit your key players' dreams inside of your dream, right? And so I always want to kind of give that value for my listeners and and let them know, hey, this is a a key, this was a key player and now he owns his own business. You know, is that just the natural progression of things or can you keep those key players in your business. I think there's, I think there's two types of people if we're looking at, you know, um, business, right. And we're looking at a company or somebody wanting to start a company that sells a product or service, call it whatever fuck you want. There are people that need to own the business and there are people that need to work in the business for the sake of time. We'll call them entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs. I, for a long time, wanted to be the entrepreneur. I'm not employable, meaning I don't play well with others all the time. I'm very opinionated. If the SOP sucks, I want to change it to make it more efficient. And there's some things that you cannot do unless you're the owner of a company, right? Mm -hmm. And then there are the entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs are the the type the type two and type three employees that think outside of the box you know they need some some sort of core direction maybe micromanagement leadership skills yes or no but these are the gears inside of the machine that make the machine produce the result right and and these intrapreneurs can be Number one, I found as as an entrepreneur, it was very important for me to be undeniably good at my job. Mm 
So that way, when I walked up to somebody and I said I wanted to raise, it was not a question. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that process fucked up. They try to ask for a raise and then they say in exchange, I will do A, B, and C. If you walked into my office and said, hey, I'll do more work if you pay me more, I'm probably going to say, okay, well, show me that you can first because fuck off, you know? But if you walked into my office and said, hey, I don't know if you noticed for the last six weeks your phone hadn't rang because I've had all the appointments running through me and I've scheduled them all for you. I've managed all these appointments, da, 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 da. I'd be like, I haven't been paying you for that. No, you haven't been paying me for that. Well, shit, we need to have a conversation, you know? Um, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's two different ways to approach that. Just like there's two different types of people. I, I think the natural progression of things just kind of led me to be where I've always wanted to be, um, which is in the ability to make key critical decisions without having to fucking ask for permission. But mm-hmm. there's, there's so much more that I've learned. And let me say this. I made more money as a fucking entrepreneur and a sales guy in my first year of sales than I have my first year of business ownership. You know what I mean? Like I, I made my life was way easier as a fucking salesperson. I didn't have no liability. I didn't give if the weather was eighteen percent chance of rain. I didn't give a single shit. You know, um, I would still look out for the good of my company, but it didn't. One hundred and thirty thousand dollars of drywall damage did not sit on my mind as a salesperson the same way it does now as a business owner. You know, and so the the hats are different, the functions are different, and. I think there I think there is a point at which somebody decides to take the leap from being an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur and I think it has a lot more to do with the person's confidence as opposed to what what happened well you know like whatever triggered that event or triggered that mm-hmm. it, it could have been anything right for me for me, it was, it was a conversation that was had and things were, were being renegotiated. Right. And I literally, uh, walked away from a job and I needed a fucking job. You know, um, Mm. I, I, I quit, I walked away and I remember coming home to Jackie and I remember saying, you know, well, she actually came to pick me up at the office. I, I asked her to come pick me and all my stuff up. And, and it was, um, I just needed a job. You know, I'm going to be fucking honest with you. I didn't want to go work for anybody else. I didn't know any other anybody else up there in in Fort Worth yeah. where I was. And now the reason the reason why I quit was amicable. We actually, you know, Kimba and Robbie, I love Kimba and Robbie and I've never really talked about this before uh fucking ever. Mm-hmm. Um but me and Kimba and Robbie did not have a a bad uh, split, you know, a bad breakup. We negotiated something like fucking grownups and we couldn't come to an agreement. And that's where we were Mm -hmm. like, Hey, listen, it's probably going to be hard for us to move forward if we can't fucking come to an agreement. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So I'll just be a salesperson. And then I didn't want to be a salesperson because I realized I didn't have any fucking control over the way that things were done or things were being done. And so, you know, there's the fucking story. I decided, you know, a week after a week after coming home, that I was just going to open up a fucking business. Why not? And and it was because I I'd had a bunch of coincidentally, man, a bunch of conversations where people were just for the first time breathing confidence into me and um and it helped. I love it, man. I mean, 
So many people so, need there to be. There's a, all the tea. Yeah. I was going to say some, so many people need there to be a, a drama behind the story, but sometimes it's just two adults work shit out and it didn't work out. You know, like with me and my, my ex partner, we came to an impasse on what we wanted to do in solar. And we were like, Hey, I guess this is it. Cause you want to do that. I want to do this, you know, 12 years. It was Simple. a good run, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Simple. I have, I have the question. A lot of times people will give me the question. Like, did you start a business because you saw how much money? Uh, no, I saw how little money some of these business owners were actually making. Like that's how high up in the fucking chain I was. And I was very vocal mm -hmm. and I have always been very vocal. I just said this shit this mm -hmm. morning. I said, fuck this. I quit. I'm going to go work for somebody else. Right. I literally just said that shit this morning. <laughs> and, um, because it is, it is, it, oh man, dude, when your neck, when you're the, the, the highest fucking guy on the totem pole, your neck is always yeah. in the guillotine, bro. It's yeah. always right there. And this shit is stressful, son. This shit is stressful. Dude, last, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I went from a negative profit margin last year, you know, losing hundreds of thousands of dollars to this year, I'm looking at 60 to 65%. I have a much smaller team, you know what I'm saying? So I'm basically going in reverse, right? In terms of how many people I have. Right. And yeah. um, man, it is, it's just like a big weight lifted, you know? Cause I just, I have my virtual team and then I have my uh, local guy and it's like, dude, I, I mean, I did that shit for 12 years, you know? And you're right, you're hundred percent right. It was like 10% net some years, you know what I'm saying? And we're doing 5 million. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what that, the fuck? That shit's real. Everything you just talked for? about is yeah. real. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so speaking of that, one of the stories I, I heard you tell when I was on your podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago was about the the name of your roofing company. Can can you walk us through that real mm -hmm. quick? Because I, I, I love that story. <laughs> okay. So check it out. When I was young and broke and, um, uh, you know, uh, $200 in my bank account was like a big deal. You know, um, I, I had always, I had always thought that the Audi a five was a beautiful car. Right. And specifically the generation, the B 8.5, <clears throat> that face, that body style, I, you know, brand new off the lot. It was like $60,000 or something. It was real expensive back then in 2013, 2012. And, um, it was just a beautiful car. And I thought, man, this is the kind of vehicle that successful, you know, handsome dudes that just got their shit together. Like, you know, these bachelor types, like this is what they're fucking driving, bro. You know, and that's, that's the kind of car I wanted when I thought when, when I was successful, that's, that's what, boom, that was the, that was the goal, right? The A5 was the goal for me. Mm -hmm. And six months into roofing sales, I, <laughs> I had enough money to buy one, right? Like so I, I just, just gonna <laughs> fucking I worked my ass off, right? Yeah. So, albeit I go and I find one and it is an S-line two-door 2.0 liter turbo. It's it's a all-wheel drive, so it's the Quattro. It's black on black on black. Um, you know, it's it's got the Bang and Olfelson sounds. All the shit that I remember seeing in the damn, you know, and I'm like, oh, this car, right? And I buy the fucking car and um, I buy the car. I think I'm hot shit. I'm having fun. I'm stepping into my fucking life as the roof poppy, right? As my Instagram yeah. handle, which I, which I got from <laughs> Andrew. Uh, 
but uh, so I, I, I'm like become this or Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez. Hernandez. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember his that. Instagram used to be the real roof poppy. And, and then, and then he just kind of like gave it to me years ago. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, I was not, the, I was not the first one. Sorry to fucking burst y'all's bubble. Um, <laughs> anyhow. So I buy the, I buy the a five and, um, and, uh, God damn funny story. Uh, I was working for Andrew and Andrew's truck, the F-250 that I had, uh, the one in that picture in front of his house was in the shop and I had to drive my car. And, um, and I was, I, Andrew and I were talking in the group chat about something and he was like, are you going to go sell roofs in your Audi? And I was like, I could fucking sell roofs in anything, right? Like you got me fucked up. And, uh, and so I did, it worked. I, I didn't have a single problem selling it. And, uh, and then Andrew made the joke, no bullshit. Andrew made the joke and, and, in like 2020 or 2021 2020 um you're gonna quit and start a roofing company and what are you gonna call it a5 roofing right and it was a joke and i and 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 i i didn't fucking think not a single thing about that bro for two years i never once popped into my head but when i was sitting down with a piece of paper i had a, a fucking water bill from the city of fort worth upside down on my coffee table and my wife and I were thinking about what we wanted in October of 2021. We were thinking, what do we want to call our roofing company? And I started thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And then I remembered, what are you going to call it? A five roofing. And I looked over at Jackie and she was like, I told her and she was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I'm hooked yet or not. I went and took my, my Toyota, to a deal or my Audi to a dealership and I traded it in for a uh, two wheel drive F-150 and that became my first company truck. And I, and I realized mm -hmm. that the Audi, my A5 was just the fucking milestone, dude. It wasn't the goal. It was the goal that became a milestone and I used it to invest back into what I have today. And, um, and so just, kind of in the spirit of 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 just a subtle fuck you to anybody that thinks you can't do something right um or or that you're not qualified or even if it's to yourself i mean we we called the we we decided to name the business a5 roofing because we felt like using what you thought was the end as a way to catapult yourself into the fucking beginning of something else I feel like it's something, a story, a brand story that a lot of people can, can identify with and they can, they can kind of be like, yeah, you're right, dude. You know, the fuck you to everybody that said we couldn't do this or that I couldn't be what I want or, or, or be successful. Um, and that's, that's how we kind of landed with the name a five, man. It came from the car. So I love it. I love it so much. And then I, and that's the, that's even a, an even better version than I got when I was on your podcast. So I love it so much. Um, that's a, hey, that's the, that's the real one. I didn't. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause in 2015, I had a F two fifty Lariat, like jacked up 35s, the whole deal. I had no business having this truck. I was not in construction. Um, you know, I went to the beach a lot, you know what I'm saying? Uh, four by four. And yeah. it, it was the one that had the eco diesel that you had to put in it. Like okay. every freaking 1500 miles, that shit was annoying as hell. But I was traveling all over the state. I had something like a $2,000, $2,500 a month gas bill. It was just stupid. And then business went south. 
you know, I'm, I'm looking at this thousand dollar a month payment. I'm looking at this, you know, twenty five hundred dollar a month gas bill, and I end up getting a uh, what did what did Ryan? What did I drive? It was a uh, was it a Ford? No. Oh, an Impala, a Chevy Impala. I ended up driving a Chevy Impala for two years, and then when I did get a truck again, I finally got an F one fifty. But just like you were saying, like that was the pinnacle. That was my dream truck. You know, I thought that was it. That was the end. You know, I yeah. had made it. And, it. and it turns out that my business went mm -hmm. south right after I got that truck. And uh, I had to, to trade it in for something more reasonable. I had, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and we were talking about entrepreneurship and relating it to a movie, right? And a weird conversation. So the dude says that his journey through entrepreneurship reminds him a lot of uh, Lone Survivor, the movie Lone Survivor. And I was like, all right, that's pretty grim. You know, like we're talking about Mark Wahlberg and all these dudes getting shot the shit up on a mountain and stuff. And he said, no, he said, what I mean was you started off with the best of intentions. And as you start climbing the mountain, you see a bunch of false peaks, right? It's just one plateau after another until all of a sudden some horrible shit happens. And then you're running down the hill for your life, you know? And I was like, brother, you might be doing something wrong. You know, like there may be something missing from your business. <laughs> if you're, if your whole movie is running downhill, getting shot at, you know, that's, that's everything. But I thought it was a good analogy. So I, I definitely understand like life in plateaus, right. In a series of plateaus and, and peaks. And, and when you think mm -hmm. you're at the top of it, a lot of times you're not, it's just at the top of what you could see from where you were. Yeah. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. And I love that analogy. And so speaking of that, you know, you guys are basically almost tripling your business this year. And, you know, when outside looking in, uh, you had posted, I think your, your, uh, you know, you were talking about sales coaches and stuff like that. And you had posted some of your sales SOPs, your scripts and stuff like that. And then it made sense to me. Okay. This, you know, looking back, it's like, okay, that makes sense why why david is going to 5.5 million already only being three years in the business is because he's actually writing shit down you know what i'm saying what are some other things that you feel like are catapulting y'all to that point um man so we're we're um here's what i think i think that we have a really good idea of what the people inside of the business are qualified to do and what we're not qualified to do. I am not a, a good finance guy. I am great at marketing and branding, right? Um, I am good at, at getting eyes and, and ears. And I'm also good at teaching um, and, and breaking things down. I am not a guy this is the weirdest shit in the world. I hate having to operate under a system and a process because it's just, it goes ever, against everything in my spirit, right? That wants to be the fucking Mustang out in the field running through the damn, you know, running up against the ridge and fucking cowboys chasing me and shit. Like, nah, that's, that's what I want to be, right? That's like my spirit animal. Um, but I, I am not productive in that area. And so I have to have like guidelines and regiments and, and things like that doesn't mean I'm good at sticking to them all the time. It just means mm. that I understand some avenues of my life. I need these fucking steps and processes. 
And I think that I've heard enough successful business owners say you need SOPs and processes and systems and things inside of your business to not think that they're all stupid, right? Like not uh, all these guys that are doing tens and, and, and hundreds of millions of dollars in business. And they're all saying, Hey, get a CRM, develop an SOP. I literally had somebody tell me right down step one. I go to look for a neighborhood with hail damage. Step two, here's how I find doors to knock on with hail damage. Right. And I created a fucking SOP. Now that you have it all written down. Yeah. Then you have it all written down. Then you can teach it to somebody. And you can teach it to five, mm -hmm. six, seven, eight people, and they're all doing the same thing, which means the process that you move their jobs through the queue or through the workflow, it's all identical. And at that point, if the process is identical and the system is identical, it's teachable and repeatable. Eventually, we're no longer managing people and we're managing a process, right? When we're, when we're with five and Hallelujah. Bro, when I've got five or six sales guys, I'm managing people right now. You know, seven salespeople, I am fucking counseling and managing and motivating and coaching people. When I get to 30 or 40 salespeople, I better be managing a fucking process at that point. You know what I mean? There better be four other people that my sales staff can call with questions before my name ever comes up in a conversation. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's where we're headed. And I know in order to have that, I have to have a broken down system and process that is teachable, trainable, retainable and repeatable. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I when I first got started, you know, and I, and I took over for the previous owner, he was 200 grand in deep. And uh, the first thing I said to myself is I don't want to deal with these salespeople. <laughs> so like immediately right away because the ones I had initially were terrible you know and I was like how do I because so, the first thing I did was we went out and knocked doors for 90 days right and figured out okay this is how we need to do this I feel like I was successful I, I was already the top salesperson only 90 days and these guys have been doing this for years right and so I was like I need to write this down mm -hmm. so I wrote shit down I said hey do this and I handed it to him you know what I'm saying? And every time that they came to me with some bullshit, I pointed back to the script. I pointed back to how to select turf. I pointed back to how to train a new trainee. You know what I'm saying? And I said, did you do that? Step by step, exactly the way, you know? And that's how I started building those systems. I didn't know I was doing it at the time. I didn't know what an SOP was, you know? I was just like, I can't do this all day because it does, it takes everything out of you. Talking to a salesperson for an hour about their life and everything they've been through and how they're going to, everything's going to change by working with your company and then them quitting the next day freaking kills you. You know what I'm saying? And so at some point, you've got to put the system in place, let them run the plays, and then if they show something, show you something, you know what I'm saying? Then you can invest a little. They show you something a little more, you can invest a little more. It's just you only have so much to give as the business owner and the visionary in the company. And then, yeah, you're 100% right. Having those levels of management in between is, is, is massive at that point. So I'm excited to see where you guys take this because you already, from an early stage, I would say, already have the, the right mindset. You know, I, I have clients doing 10 million plus that haven't done some of the things you've done already. You know what I'm saying? Inside of home services. So trust me when I say you're ahead of yeah. the game, brother. Nice. Nice. That's good to, that's good to know, man. That's just kind of confirmation for me.
All right, yeah, is there any aspirations to speak on stage someday? Here. Um, I have the opportunity next week. I'm actually going to be at an event for roofers with uh, Roofer, um, the company in Houston, um, doing a speaking event there. Um, and then we obviously we have the, you know, the TRCO organization that we're working on um, bringing in more influential people. We had uh, last year, um, we had a couple of guys from Apex. We had uh, Jim Johnson. Um, we were going to have Chuck Thockey in, in November of last year and haven't had a whole lot of time to really, to be honest with you, to a whole lot of time and extra energy to put into that. But that's a fucking excuse. So I have to hold myself accountable for that and just actually do the shit. But mm-hmm. um, it's difficult. So to answer your question, do I have aspirations to speak on stage? I could care less if I don't. It's all fine with me, right? Um, but if I do, uh, here's the thing. I don't, um, I, I gotta be, I gotta pick and choose because I'm not, I'm not going to go stand on a stage if somebody wants me to plug their product and I don't believe in their product or I don't align with their goals or their yeah. vision. So it's very hard for me to say, you know, what stage do you want to, what stage do you want to speak on? Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I like this one because this one doesn't come with any strings. This one is an honest to God conversation between two people that millions of people without paying $700 can fucking hear mm-hmm. and they can listen and they can learn from. So that's, that's kind of how I feel about, about the stage thing. Man. Yeah. It all depends, you know? No, I can definitely understand that. And that kind of leads into my next question, which is, you know, you're running a rapidly scaling business you know, uh, you're, you're kicking ass on the podcast. I en- enjoy it a lot. And, uh, and then you also <clears throat> want to do uh, sales and development coaching. You know, you mentioned that as well. So that was going to be kind of my lead into that was, do you feel like you can handle all three of those things at once? Or is this more of a staged, you know, once you get some key players in place, you can step into those things. Yeah. So, um, here's here's the god's honest truth about sales and development coaching um i probably take two to four phone calls a day from other roofing contractors or salespeople. Mm-hmm. that is um hey dave can i one of my i hear people in business bitch about this all the time they say they get a dm where someone says hey can i pick your brain mm-hmm. right and then they want to ask them some questions and da 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 and i understand when you're andy fucking frizella that can be very hard to find that time, but I'm still Dave Taggart right now. So my response to them is typically my phone number. Mm -hmm. Call me. What's your question? I am uh, absolutely uh, uh, known. One of, I I got one of the things that a lot of people in my industry know me for is the, the ability to be able to connect with and to ask questions and to get advice and to get guidance. And I've had hour long phone calls and zoom calls with other people's sales teams. I've gone to other roofing contractors and have shown their sales guys, the process that I came up with Mm -hmm. to manage my sales into how to do my introduction and the things that I've developed. And I've done it for absolutely fucking free because it's not, um, you know, it's not, uh, it's not the money that I'm looking at. You know what I mean? That's, that's not what I'm looking for here. It's not the, the goal is the money, the, the money is a byproduct of the goal and the goal is to create impact. So the, uh, 
the, I would love to focus my time and my energy on helping and consulting with other contractors and, and sales teams, um, and not have to manage a roofing company and not have to, you know, do all these other things. Um, but, uh, I think it would probably, I'd always try to find a way to make it free. Mm -hmm. If, if I could just be honest, if I could do it for free, I'm fucking doing it for free, man. No, I love that. You know, it's, it makes a lot of sense because before I went to consulting full time and obviously now I can't do it for free because I don't have the main thing anymore. Right. Before I did that though, I did. I spent two years in apex, in RBO, in these other groups. And I, and I did, I took every DM, every call, every zoom I've got, I've got them all, you know what I'm saying? That I can go back and, and reference and, and go back to. And it's funny because mm -hmm. I have clients now that I talked to two years ago when I was just putting together my, my process and my systems and my philosophies and everything. I was just recording, just, you know, putting all that together. And I found myself with those people saying the same things over and over again. And that created the systems that I have now for building great sales teams, you know? And I think what, what, what ends sure. up happening nice. without you knowing it is you, you end up building, building something incredibly valuable that you can offer at a reasonable rate, you know what I'm saying? Or even free someday with like sponsorships and stuff like that, or people that want the people that you're helping. There's people that want them and can advertise through, to them through your product or whatever the case is. But, you know, in the meantime, as long as your roofing company is growing, and yeah. you're still passionate about that. Um, I, I know what it feels like to be able to help someone and not need anything back from them. You know what I'm saying? And I still try to do it as much as possible as I can today because I was, I was sorry, man. I was going to say the cool part about, um, about being a business owner and in roofing is I have an opportunity to coach and develop salespeople inside of my own organization. Right. Mm -hmm. And while it's it's sometimes it's different right because this is your business and this is your job the people that get to come get you know uh like i call it couch time they get to come to the masterminds or they get to come to the speaking events and they get to listen to you they're not your employees they're they those those people listen a little bit more Mm -hmm. Right. They, they are a little bit more intently, especially if they had to pay to go to that thing. I've come to find out um, those those people will listen and take your advice more heartedly, more wholeheartedly than sometimes you're even your own salespeople will. Um, but it's it's those interactions. They're just different. Right. They're different because, you know, my sales, my sales guys, most of them are here because, number one, the culture and number two, the commission, right? They can make money and they can make good money in a great fucking environment. And that's that's why they're here, right? Um, but people that aren't coming to you for the commission, they're coming to you for education or guidance, they're after something just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a little fucking different, man. And, and those opportunities are great. And I'd love to have my day and my schedule filled with all those opportunities, but uh, we got bills to pay. No. absolutely brother so what's next for a5 roofing and the impact that you're making right now what's uh what are you excited about um well we're we're just gonna we're gonna focus on in improving our system and process number one we're getting ready to uh probably make another another w2 higher so we're going to be investing in somebody 
um, in the business. So that way we can improve a part of our process and the efficiency. That way I can focus more on recruiting and training, right? Which is really what we're, we're in the season for. Okay. We have a good process. We have people that can manage this process. We've been doing it for almost two years. We're making the changes necessary. Now we can start focusing here in about six months. We'll be ready to start bringing in a bunch of new hires and a bunch of new recruits and then getting them in the flow of the system and process. So I'd say what's, what's next is probably 14 mil, you know, in 2024, we'll say, you know, 12, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, just a gang of, a gang of more responsibilities and, and, you know, a lot more people that we can hopefully impact and help change their lives. So that's, that's, that's what's next for us. We're just going to do what is Ed, Ed calls it the power of one more. We're just going to do more, you know, and yeah. do the same shit we're doing today. We're just going to do more of it. I love it, man. Cause it's, it's, it's real. And basically the answer is we're going to keep running the play. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to keep scaling, but at the same time, we yeah. don't have this just insane, stupid, like ridiculous goal in mind it's it's like we're going to keep running the play and we're going to do it right who who what is the position you're going to be hiring for just in case they're listening yeah. right now that hire is listening mm-hmm. yeah um so we're going to be looking for a remote worker number one it <laughs> does not have to be in person it's always a plus if this person is either in san antonio austin or fort worth that way they could work with our team but this person is basically going to be moving things through the production workflow from the point a contract is signed to the time that a roof is paid a, a job is completed all construction is complete mm-hmm. there's an operational process that has to be managed for different check marks that are required to be fulfilled in order to move that job into the next most appropriate category. Mm -hmm. And so somebody that can have the time and diligence to manage that process while the other pillars of our administration focus on those things is going to free up that we're buying back our time. So we're, we're going to need somebody that's familiar with CRMs. They're familiar with documents, uh, you know, construction photographs, and at least have a, 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 they don't have to have any experience doing Mm -hmm. this. That's the beautiful thing. All this stuff can be taught in the matter of, you know, 20 hours. I can, if I can show you how to do it one time, you just do the exact same thing you know, four hours a day or whatever it takes. And so that's also the beautiful thing. Um, we're looking at paying somebody basically on a salary Mm -hmm. base. Um, and so that, that would be, if you get all of your week's work done in three days, then fucking take off. You got a four day weekend, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'm still paying you the same, no matter what. So that's, that's the beautiful thing. I think about what COVID taught us a lot of, a lot of us people that were paying attention was that we didn't need the office to be efficient. Right. The office was just a nice place to go if you had zero accountability. But if you can hold yourself accountable for doing the work, uh, we can do a bunch of work right here. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. All right. So if you want to have a conversation with Dave or want to apply for that position, where do they reach out to you at? Um, at the roof poppy on Instagram is the easiest one of uh, the, the roof poppy on Instagram. Facebook is David Taggart. Just get a hold of me there. Um, you can also find at a five roofing. Um, that'll take you there. There is a, uh, which one is that? Is that mine? Where'd that green shingle roof come from? <laughs> what the hell picture is that? 
I was like, when did I post that? What is that? You already got somebody managing your There's social somebody... media? No, what the hell? Oh, that, that looks like a... Uh, a... Oh, okay. somebody tagged me. Oh, somebody tagged okay. you. Okay. He, gotcha. he, he must have tagged me in that roof. Okay, that's my... Oh, there. I see you were in tagged. I got you. Yeah, so there's my Instagram right there. Um, there's me on a roof and some high tops. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but you can you can find me on Instagram at the Roof Poppy. Facebook is at David Taggart or Roofing Underground. Uh, Instagram and Facebook at A5 Roof for uh, there's my girls uh, at A5 Roof uh, for Instagram, YouTube. Um, if you're looking to connect with me because you need your your roof looked at, yeah. give me a call. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Love yeah. all the storytelling and, and everything that you've brought, all the value you've brought. Thank you so much. Nice, man. I appreciate you uh, inviting me on the show, Doug. I had a, had a great right, time. Let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We really do appreciate it. As, you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. Join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Stuman in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Let's get building.